and bought with surprise. Jesus has changed my whole life. Oh, God. <laughs> anybody Yes, oh, I am. Tell them I am every day. I am redeemed, Lord, with the pride. Jesus, Jesus has changed. My whole life, oh yeah. In anybody else, just who, who I am. Watch him tell him, tell him that I am redeemed. Most everlasting. Mercy for God, we come once again thanking you for life, oh, health, yeah. and strength. We thank you for lying us down last night and raising us early this morning to give you praise, honor, and glory. Now, God, we ask that you will search our minds, our hearts, creating us a clean heart and renew within us the right spirit to not do our will, but to do your will, God. Forgive us of our sins, known and unknown, oh God, that we will become better people, for we are a new creation in the eyesight of you. We pray by the aid of the Holy Ghost that I would decrease as you would increase. And God, that your purple people would receive a word that will allow them to continue to grow in grace. So that we may be edified as you are glorified and the enemy is glorified. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Let the saints say amen. Amen. Giving honor to the Spirit of Christ. You may be seated. Giving honor to the Spirit of Christ who is the head of my life. Giving honor to Pastor Fluellen and Mother Fluellen, Daniel Jr., to my lovely wife, Lady Roche Knight, to all of the ministers on the roster today. God bless you and may God continue to smile upon you. Deacons, saints, and friends, it is glad to be in the house one more time. Is there anybody glad to be in the house one more time? Is there anybody glad to be in the house one more time? Hallelujah. We thank God for being here once again. I don't want to hold you long, but there is a word from the Lord. And if you would turn your Bibles with me to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. We'll begin at the first verse. Matthew, seventh chapter, verse one. When you have it, would you please stand to your feet in reference of the word? bring greeting from the Free Deliverance Empowerment Holiness Ministries there in Kissimmee, Florida, along with Pastor McKinney and the St. Luke Missionary Baptist Church. We pray that we will have fellowship with St. Paul in the next year coming. And the word of the Lord reads, Jesus said, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, 
it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy own brother's eye. May God add a blessing to the reader, the hearer, and the doers of his word. If I had to use a subject matter this morning, I would simply like to use our judging is disgusting to God. Our judging is disgusting to God. I may not know there are some things I may not know. There are some places I may not go, but I am sure of this one thing, my God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. Oh, yes, God is real. He's real in my soul. Oh, yes, God is real. For he has washed and made me. Yes, sir. Oh, his love for me is just like pig gold. Oh, yes, God is real. Yes, I can. Listen, I don't know how. How I felt when Jesus washed all of my sins, sins away. But since that day, oh, since that hour. God has been real, for I can feel his holy power. Oh, yes, God is real. He's real in my soul. Oh, yes, God is real. For he has washed and made me whole. Oh, his love for me is just like pickle. Oh, yes, God is real. God is real. 
It's just like pig on Oh, yes, God is real. Or I can feel. Hallelujah. How many know God is real? How many know God is real? Can you feel him in your soul? How many know God is real? Can you feel God in your soul? If you can feel him, why don't you just say yes? Come on, say yes. My, my, my. Anybody come to praise the Lord today? Come on, did anybody come to praise the Lord today? Oh, I feel like praising, praising him. Oh, I feel like praising, praising him. Why don't you praise him in the... Oh, I'm praising you know I found. If you don't want to praise them, don't bother me. Well, you don't want to. You know he. Oh, oh, I feel like. Amen. I feel like praising them. Amen. I feel like praising. Anybody feel like praising them? Anybody feel like praising them? What's the name? What's the name? What's the name? What's the name? My Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 I said Jesus. I said Jesus. Jesus, 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 I feel like a running, I feel like shouting, Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the new day, Jesus in the midnight hour, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, come on, give him a praise in the house. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My Lord, my Lord. My Lord Jesus. My midnight rider. My lily of the valley. My morning bright star. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. My grandmama's Jesus. My grandmama's Jesus. My Jesus. My healer. My deliverer. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Ah, yes. There's a sweet spirit in the house. And you ought to grab onto the anointing that is in this place. Yes, sir. There's healing in this place. There's deliverance because Jesus is in this place. My Lord. Ah, yes. Jesus. I said, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Ah, my, 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 Jesus. Something about that name. Jesus. Our judging is disgusting to God. Here in our scripture reading, we discover Jesus on a mountain, pre-educational but powerful sermon on kingdom living as he dissected in variety of series. The series that we find Jesus addressing in this recorded book of Matthew happens to be number one, the citizenship of the kingdom. Number two, the laws of the kingdom. Number three, the service of the kingdom. Number four, the earth that are not inherited by the kingdom. And number five, how the kingdom defines true and false worship. If you will, beloved, Jesus is preaching and teaching here highlights how our living should not be in vain, but how life should be lived rightly so that it will result and reward our living again. But Jesus' teaching and preaching here also in scriptures uh, edifies, educates, exalts in divine example of how we ought to treat one another, live in unity, be like-minded, and most of all, live, love, Agape, Philia, storage, pragma, and Luda's forms of love uh, in order to live with Jesus after our earthly heart has come to an end. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is simply preparing us to stand against what the devil means uh, for evil, but by faith and obedience in God. I found out that it will all be turned around out for our good because in John 10 and 10, Jesus said, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He said, I come to give you a fresh start. He said, I come to give you an increase. I come so that heaven can be your home. Uh, my brothers and sisters, the world today has become a place of total division where uh, the older and the younger folk judge each other on how life is different because of time, technology, and technique. Parents and children argue and judge one another because the system says parents have to parent with stipulations and step expectations that allows children to be disobedient and disrespectful. That causes the chaos of what we see in the streets, schoolhouses, and on the news every other day. The believers and unbelievers argue and judge each other on how they think God sees their living differently, even though the Bible makes it clear that God's word is the guide for our lives, that time can't and won't change. But the fact to it all, my brothers and sisters, is that God is the same. The word is the same, heaven is the same, and hell is enlarging itself daily. This, my brothers and sisters, is the type of behavior that Solomon speaks of when he declared in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. He says, seek my face and from their wicked ways. He says, turn from their gossiping, turn from their backbiting, turn from their judging. He says, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. My brothers and sisters, he is just not going to heal their land, but he's going to heal their sickness. He's going to heal their drug addiction. He's going to heal their alcohol addiction. He's going to heal their lying lips. And I will heal my brothers and sisters. He said, I will heal them only if they will seek me in the kingdom first. And he said, all these things will be added unto them. 
And I believe that if we examine and do like Hezekiah and turn our faces to the wall and sought the Lord, he can turn and he will turn all things around and add more life to our living, knowing that our judging is disgusting to God. So as I move along, verse 1 of our scripture reading this morning, Jesus here is condemning the judging of us one to another. I want you to know that to, that to condemn is to disapprove of something or someone. And as believers, we should know that Jesus taught us to love and not to hate. He says good and not do bad. He says unite and do not separate. He teaches about being in the light and not in the darkness. He wants us to be married, not shacking. He wants us to be real and not fake. He wants us to know that heaven is our home and hell is not. You see, Jesus, with all of his righteous and holy teachings, frowned upon us, finding fault in one another, whether we're saved or not, because used to tear one another down. And I was taught that the only way that we should look down on someone is if we're helping them out. Can I get a witness in here this morning? Well, he even tells us, if you will, in the irony of the scripture that the one judging his brother or sisters will be judged by God. It, it is this way, my brothers and sisters, because only the Lord knows the motives behind our words, works, and works. For he tells us in 2 Samuel 16 and 7 that man sees the outer appearance, but it is God that sees our heart. Therefore, the only one who has the authority and the prerogative and the right to judge is God. Can I get a witness? And I'll tell you why. Because he is the only true and wise God. He, he is the creator. He is the beginning and the ending. And as the writer states in Isaiah 64 and 8, God is the potter and we are the clay. And so you ought to touch yourself today and say, I am the works of God's mighty hand. Saints of God as disciples, believers, and the redeemed. Instead of us finding fault in one another, Jesus here not only asks us but instructs us as his followers to be forgiven and merciful so that we may receive forgiveness and mercy. And so what the scripture is telling us, Deacon Fritz, is that none of us have the right to judge each other when we all live in glass houses. Ah, the scripture is telling us that none of us have the right to judge each other because none of us have a squeaky clean record. Yeah, you see, none of us have the right to judge each other because we were all shaping in iniquity and born into sin. Do I have a witness? You see, this proves that the scripture is right when the writer says all have sinned and come to short to the glory of God. And, and, and so we have to know that we must be judged with the same measure that we judge others. Can somebody put your hands together and give God glory in the house? Verse 2. Jesus here reiterates a very important principle found in Job 4 and 8, Proverbs 22 and 8, and Galatians 6 and 7, where all the writers agree that what a man sows, that he will reap. Beloved, in the idea of us who understands this promise, we must recognize the sense of a strict corresponding reimbursement for words and deeds that we use and show to one another. But Jesus here recognizes something that he wants us to acknowledge and recognize, which is a standard. A standard, if you will, in the Greek is Canaan and is defined as a controlling basis by which something is determined as acceptable or unacceptable. But in the Webster Dictionary, it's defined as an idea or thing used as a measure or model and comparative. And so the standard in which we should measure our living, my brothers and sisters, that Jesus highlights is mercy. 
which is based upon love and forgiveness because mercy does not repay evil for evil, but it, but it, but it evaluates the need in which many fail to do, and that's why judgment of each other is so high in a negative way. But Jesus also tells us in Matthew 5 and 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall inherit mercy. Uh, the word mercy here, uh, Deacon Watson in the Greek, is elios, which is to have compassion, pity, and sympathy. Mercy, if you will, obtains a form of love that's considerate, helpful, and willing. Mercy, regardless of one's situation, doesn't judge, retaliate, or use external identification to be a blessing, but mercy is given in this from both God and true men and women of God. But if we really recognize and acknowledge Jesus and his sound doctrine, the context of his words and deeds make it plain that judgment has nothing to do with knowing what spirit a person is operating in. I want to let you know that discerning the spirit because of hardship, mental illness, or physical disabilities has nothing to do with mercy. But it's merely the concept of one's own way of not wanting to help but to make absurd and judgmental remarks regarding the circumstances. As a matter of fact, Jesus speaks about being aware of false prophets in verses 15 through 20 of chapter 7 in Matthew and even gives us the criteria in identifying them. He says in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 7 that they come as sheep in wool clothing. In other words, they come as a masterpiece of God but speaks under the power of their own works. Verse 16 of Matthew Chapter 7 identifies them by saying, we will know them by the fruit they bear. In other words, you can see and hear the words and deeds of their lifestyle by being observant and quiet. Verse 17 to 20 of Matthew chapter 7 tells us in a nutshell that if we're going to get apples from an orange tree, it's a clear indication that there is some two-faced and hypocritical disclosure going on. My brothers and sisters, that we live day to day, situation by situation, life shows and tells us some of the obvious signs of what Jesus is talking about, which is selfishness. Lying, cheating, backbiting, boasting, robbing, and money, which are all at an all-time high. And I don't know about y'all today, but this Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok ain't nothing but the devil because it uses people to separate when they ought to be reading well, they ought to be united. If you believe that these things are done by the devil, you ought to put your hands together and tell God, we're going to do better in this season. The scripture, the scripture, if you will, is telling us that in helping others, it has to be from and of a pure heart. Because judging one from a circumstance and not seeing their need to meet their need is disgusting to God. Trying to put a spirit on a need is not prophetic, but it's pathetic and it's disgusting to God. Laboring the favor of God on a believer as bragging is disgusting to God. Intentionally negatively bashing someone is disgusting to God. So we have to be careful, my brothers and sisters, how we go about handling folk because what goes up must come down and what goes around must come back around because all of us here today is only a situation from meeting God's mercy and not being judged. And so I come to tell somebody today who are judging you ought not judge nobody because you may be on top right now because yours can be turned upside down. And I come to tell you that if you have a judgmental spirit, you ought to give that spirit up and turn it loose. Verse 3 and 4 is where and when Jesus gives us a prominent illustration of his point that's being painted. He does this by using the words moat and speck. 
he uses these insignificant terms as a representative of something that is small but can be very irritating, which is easy to find in one's own eye. He not only used these two words to illustrate his point, but he, he also uses the word beam and speck that suggests something ridiculous but feasible. The plank here, if you will, that Jesus uses as one having in their eye tells us that a person is blinded by sin that causes them to be insensitive and rude when it comes to helping others clean up and get right. But my brothers and sisters, this is the mere reason why judgment is impossible for anybody but God. You see, because we live in the flesh and our imperfections, blindness, shortcomings, and sins don't allow us to be so merciful. Why? Because we can't see our own wrongdoings. We forget where we come from, what we did, and how we double-crossed folks and did what God permits is wrong. We find ourselves criticizing others for the same things that we did and probably still doing. You see, we don't see ourselves because we are too blind and stuck in our religious ways. When, 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 when we are blind, we tend to be so unmerciful to others until it's time for us to obtain mercy. As a matter of fact, many of these shortcomings uh, 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 that, are some else, that are someone else's mishaps turn out to be our very own secret sins. They turn out to be our own skeletons in the closet. But I stopped by today to tell somebody that you need to sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Verse 5. Jesus now identifies and calls out the one who wants mercy but refuses to be merciful because of their judgmental character. He does this by first identifying what we call a two-faced person, which is which in the biblical terms would be a hypocrite. A hypocrite is one who wears a mask, one who conceals his or her true nature or blindness of his own faults by acting. In other words, we're talking about a pretender. You see, a hypocrite is nothing more than an actor putting on a show who will be paid on judgment day for the goody two shoes that they walk around in. But I want you to see this. Jesus here calls out thou hypocrite. Understand by him calling this hypocrite out, he is casting out the evidence, which is a promise in the scripture because this is how reconciliation comes about. He then goes on to fulfill the promise by saying, then thou shalt see. We're talking about God's amazing grace. And I believe if it wasn't for God's amazing grace, none of us could testify that we're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, but what Jesus is doing here is saving and setting the hypocrite free. He first started by identifying. Secondly, he then began to give mercy by helping to expose the sin. This, my brothers and sisters, is the proper humility and motivation we as believers have to assist one another when helping each other's uh, faults and shortcomings. I want you to understand by us offering ourselves in a judgeless manner, the assistance in removing fault in one another is very critical and self-righteous, but aiding to one another allows us to choose and live in the forgiveness and the grace of God. And so what Jesus is telling us here in this scripture is that using, uh, is that the using of a spirit is to be done when we are helping our brothers and sisters in their dilemmas caused by the devil who wants to destroy them. He's telling us that when we lend a helping hand, we should operate in the spirit of humility and love. Realizing that we too have been blind, busted, and torn down, guilty, but have been forgiven. And So when we help each other, 1 John 4 uh, uh, tells us not to believe every spirit, but we ought to test the spirit by the spirit to make sure that that spirit is of God because the devil hates, but God loves. 
And so I told you I wasn't going to hold you long. And as I hasten to close, we, we have to be careful how we treat each other's faults. We have to be careful how we speak of things we have no knowledge of. And when we do become knowledgeable of the situation, we ought to let it be known that God is a deliverer. God is a healer and there's nothing too hard for him because he specializes in things that are impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. Can I get a witness in the house? Six and one indicates that when, uh, that, that, that when we as believers become overtaken in our faults or even get caught in a trap of sin, we, we the righteousness of God should be gentle during the attempt of restoration. Or even when the unbeliever that is caught in sin can't seem to get it right, don't judge them but help them, pray for them, assist them, and love them. Why? Because when one's relationship and fellowship with God is important. Uh, we are important to God, my brothers and sisters, because reason number one, God went and goes out of his way to know us personally. Reason number two is because God wants us to have an awesome life through his son, Jesus Christ. Reason number three is that because no matter what, God is always there and ready to assist us because he's faithful and he's just. Is there anybody in the house that can testify that we serve a faithful God? A just God. A God said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. If you trust in the Lord, you ought to give God a hand praise for his love and his kindness. Well, as I go to my seat now, I came by to tell somebody that as we carry out the teachings of Jesus, we are also being warned of, temper, of, of, of temptation to immoral character. And we must be careful how we allow someone's situation to cause us to be little and be vengeful towards them. We must be careful because if our selfishness, our rudeness, and our judging causes one to fall by the wayside, we are in danger of God's wrath. And for those who only believe that the pastor only has the blood of his members on his hands, you got it wrong. Because even the believers who causes other struggling believers or non-believers to fall has blood on their hands also. Why? Because we all as a body of faithful servants have the responsibility to work and work diligently. Honestly, because our conduct is what attracts others to Jesus and want to come to church. Is there anybody here today that can contest that if, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. Come on and stand and give God some glory in this place. Hallelujah. I'm in my seat now when I tell you that God is disgusted with our judging. And I don't know about y'all today, but I'm decreeing and declaring not to be in line for God's consequences. Not to be in line for God's wrath. And so I submit to you today, my brothers and my sisters, that we have to stop and start letting God do the judging. Do I have a witness here? And all we need to do is work diligently while it's day and work well. Well, uh, we got to let God do the separating. Because when he gets disgusted, I come to tell you that somebody's about to get busted. If you don't believe me, you ought to ask the people of Israel who God is and what he will uh, do. Ask Pharaoh what happened at the Red Sea. You ought to ask Goliath about a slingshot. 
Ask Lot's wife about a pillar of salt. Ask that old devil what happened about being thrown out of heaven. My brothers and my sisters, we have a responsibility and we have the obligation to see one another through all of our failures and weaknesses. For we are one body with many members fulfilling God's plan. Who can't move without every part and be like Jesus and love, help and give and trust as he has and he is doing today in our lives. I'm closing now when I tell y'all that God love covers a multitude of many things and love is my God and God wants you and I to prove to this dying world that Jesus lives and he lives down in our souls and that's why when we judge one another God is disgusting because he has no respect the person he has has no little eyes or big use. He has all of us in his hand. He sees us all as equal. And so we have to remember that. God has uh, called us uh, to be representatives uh, of the kingdom uh, and not embarrassments. Uh, so I'm leaving y'all now uh, when I tell y'all uh, that judging uh, is nothing more uh, than hypocritical uh, behavior. Uh, and when you judge, uh, you're nothing more uh, than James, uh, jealous, uh, E, uh, envious, uh, A, uh, angry, uh, L, lazy, old, oppressed, you, unmerciful, S, sinful, Y, yoked with the devil. But when you're helpful and you're harmless, tell somebody to come out from among them and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Love and work without a hidden agenda. And you'll work in love and joy. Peace and patience, uh, kindness and goodness, uh, faithfulness and gentleness, uh, self-control. Uh, and yes, uh, I know it's hard uh, dealing with folks, uh, but Jesus, uh, when you're tired, uh, jubilates. Uh, Jesus, uh, when you're weak, uh, innovates. Uh, Jesus, uh, when you're lonely, uh, fascinates. Uh, Jesus, uh, when you're hungry, uh, cultivates. Uh, Jesus, when you're thirsty, alligates. Jesus, when you're friendly, obligates. Jesus, when you're depressed, elevates. When the devil aggravates, Jesus investigates. Because Jesus is my delegate. Now can I reiterate, God me, oh, thou great Jehovah, pilgrim to this fairy land. Let me reiterate uh, by and by uh, when the morning comes uh, all the saints uh, of God will gather home uh, we will tell uh, the story uh, how we overcome uh, and we'll understand it uh, better by and by because he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none has 
none has, none has ever known. Do you know that he reaches the highest mountains and he flows to the lowest valley? The blood, the blood, the blood has power. The blood has power. Can I tell you how? One Friday, on the way to Calvary, he was beat, he was whipped, he was spit on, he was pierced in the hand, he was pierced in the feet, he hung from an old rugged cross, but that's all right. He still didn't judge his people. He still didn't judge his oppressors. He kept on trying. He kept on going. And because of that, they put him down in a bottle too. But I heard because he didn't judge, he arose. He arose. Sunday morning with all power. He arose. Sunday morning with all healing, all healing powers in his hands. If you trust him, if you believe in him, see yes, see yes, see yes, see yes, see yes, see yes. I was judging. Yay! Yeah. Our judging, our judging is disgusting to God. Our brothers and sisters, oh glory. Ah, oh, glory. Yes, sir. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. My, my, my. My God, I was judging. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. My, my, my. It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm not perfect. And I refuse to judge you for what you do. Because I still have space to get it right with God. And I got to worry about my soul getting into heaven. I don't have time to judge you for your shortcomings because I got my own shortcomings. And is there anybody here today that can give God praise for another chance to get our shortcomings right with him? Oh. Hallelujah. Our judging is disgusting Hallelujah. to God. Our judging is disgusting Woo. to God. Many times we find ourselves judging folk because of their actions and not knowing their heart. But that's what man does. He sees the outer appearance. But God sees our heart. He knows what we're going through and what we're up against when we don't know sometimes because we don't tell folk things. And even when you tell folk things, they try to use it against you. Because in the season that me and my family went through, they judged us and they talked about us. But we were following the plan of God. We were following the purpose for our lives through God. And God has brought us out more than conquerors. God has brought us out still with tears in our eyes because how good he is. 
And I believe somebody here today got the same testimony that God is able. God is real. And God can do what nobody else can do. My God. We got to help one another. Not tear one another down. Because I used to sell drugs don't mean that I should look down on the drug dealers on the corner now. No, no, no. I should be praying for them. I should be witnessing to them. I should be testifying about the goodness of the Lord. So that they can walk through the doors and say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And I thank the Lord for saving me. My brothers and sisters, we got to do better with helping one another. I came in Friday night and I sat in the back and it was some powerful testimonies in this place. <clears throat> and as I listened to the testimonies, I, I had to tell the Lord, thank you for the message for this morning. And, and, and one of the most powerful messages, testimonies that was given was given by Pastor Fluellen. When, when people judge you from what they see and, 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 and expect less because of what they think. And, and, and when he said what the folks said about Daniel Jr. And what he wasn't going to do and what he couldn't do. But what God did. Huh? Huh? You can say I'm not regular, but I'm regular in the eyesight of God. God going to give me the same thing he going to give you. Because he has no respect of person. Somebody ought to say amen. It was a very powerful message and it touched my heart because we don't understand how low we take people when we judge them. We, we, we ought to judge people from a circumstance. But if we're going to judge them, we ought to judge them to help them because we've been there and we know how to come out of that thing. And we come out of that with the help of the Lord. We come out of that thing with mercy. Somebody ought to say mercy. Because it's God's grace and mercy that I'm standing today. It's God's grace and mercy why none of us has gone on to be with the Lord yet. But I thank and I praise God for his grace and his mercy. They walk with me and talk with me everywhere I go. When situations happen, the spirit quickened me. Don't say nothing. Keep going. Situation last night, we were going to get edge up from the barbershop. And I went to the ATM. And, and I came out and the person in front of my truck rolled the window down and said, you know me with a real nasty attitude. And, and the spirit said, don't say nothing, keep going. And I kept going. I got in the truck. I said, oh, you know, we still are the flesh, so you think some things. And I say, Lord, there you go. Do that judging spirit. I'm convicted. So I'm getting ready to turn, make a U-turn, and I see the police, so I wait. She gets out of her car, pulls up next to the, to the pole like this. I said, oh, she want trouble. She want trouble, but obviously her heart is not in the right place. Lord, have mercy on her. No matter what she's going through, Lord, have mercy on her. No matter what she's trying to do, Lord, have mercy on her. Because she needs you. And this hour, she needs you more than I need you. Because I got you. And you got me. Somebody ought to say amen. So let's love on one another. Let's not judge one another, but let's help one another. We, we, we've been through the storm and the rain. And we made a vow to the Lord that if you bring us out, we will help we will go and we will do. And that's what we have been doing. And I thank God for being able to put us in a place where we needed people. Now we're able to be needed. 
He said he'll make you the head and not the tail. He'll make you the lender and not the borrower. Somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah. Reason I live this life, I don't want to be lost. Oh, the reason I live this life, I don't want to be. Oh, the reason I live this life is. Oh, I don't want to be lost. I tell you. I don't want to be lost in the storm. Oh, 